This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Avram Kivalevich. And I'm Kalman Morch. Kalman, you know, as we have uh, free time on our hands, and as long as there's the pressure, uh, there's going to be a, a, a push for having some sort of way out, some sort of way to relax, some sort of way to loosen your inhibitions, some way, uh, it's not the trip of acid or LSD, but some sort of way to feel better about things. And um, I'm not sure if drug use has accelerated uh, through COVID. I'm sure studies have indicated that, but we know one thing that has definitely occurred post-COVID and it's made its way, it made its way in Illinois a number of years ago. It's now in New Jersey, um, where the Chavrusa also sort of comes from. But, <laughs> However, as we know, the, the recreational marijuana use has been allowed uh, in Jersey now as well. And this has prompted um, uh, something quite interesting because I was searching for uh, your incredible website, because as you know, we share um, information on the, uh, the Illinois Center for Jewish Studies, uh, the ICJS, and of course the Y of N, <laughs> the Y of N at IDT. We sort of, of course, share uh, you know mutual material as as Chavrusa should always do. And I, here I am, you know, putting into the uh, to the search engine, you know, IJC, and of course I'm getting the names mixed up. And what comes instead? The International Jewish Cannabis Association. And their um, uh, their leader, uh, the chief rabbinical and medical officer, um, Rabbi Yosef Glassman, and then I'm seeing his name everywhere. I, I'm, I'm, I'm discovering that he is uh, a, a rabbi uh, and a former Israeli uh, lieutenant in the army, rabbi doctor, and he has been pushing um, in many many forms uh, a, a re-examination of marijuana, a re-examination of the cannabis plant. And, and, and I, again, it's almost like if, if me and you were part of his chabura and he would come and bring his Meyer Mekoymas that he has assembled, all his sources to show how ancient uh, cannabis or canvas is in, in the Chazal and how it's uh, all the way from the time of perhaps even Yosef Atzadik or even earlier, maybe even all the way from Gan Eden and sources so everywhere. I, I say, Rabbi Vremo, I, I mean, I, I, I do think that this is an important subject to bring up. I agree with you. This is something that needs to be discussed. It's something that needs to be discussed again because of the changes that have happened in the world. I'm not sure if this particular article, which you were so kind enough to forward to me, um, is really the place to start this. Because I, I think, as far as I understood, that this, this article is, is basically he's make, taking, making an assumption, a very big assumption, that every time the word canvas appears in the Talmud Bavli, that it's referring to cannabis, which has not been the traditional translation um, you know, usually explain that it refers to hemp rather than than cannabis, and and uh, obviously there's a big difference between those uh, specific terms. 
And so I think that uh, maybe, um, I, I think the question needs to be discussed and raised, but I don't think that it's as compelling Okay. This look, I, look, you know, it would be great if Glassman would come on with us, and maybe he would when he realizes all the great numbers of people that listen to the Chavrusa. But he does quote the Radvaz, uh, you know, Rav David Ibn Zimra, who was very familiar with plant life that was growing in the Middle East. And he says that uh, when he talks about canvas that the Rambam mentions, um, he says that these are leaves that are chewed in Mitzrayim, and they are intoxicating, and they lead to joy. So um, that does sound like he's not just talking about hemp. Now, again, that could be the Radvaz. Maybe other Rishonim learn differently. I, you know, I, I really believe what's more compelling to me, although it's interesting that cannabis or cannabis was well-known. It's an ancient plant. It's not something that they invented in some laboratory. People have been using marijuana in, 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 in different forms for years. I think his major point, Kalman, and here's where I sort of agree with him, is that we have so little tolerance for 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 marijuana or anything like that. I think Rabbi First and 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 the other rabbonim in Chicago issued a very strict uh, um, when Chicago when when Illinois allowed it, uh, they came out strongly quoting Ramosha and others uh, how terrible this is and how being involved in it, how we have to be as as careful as possible. And I think what Glassman points out is is that we still in our society allow all different types of, of stimulants, intoxicants, and other things like, you know, all, all the Kiddush, I don't know if the Kiddush clubs are back yet from, from COVID, but I know that uh, the corks are going to be popped soon. And there's going to be uh, a, a tremendous amount of, 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 res, of a resurgence of once again, uh, drinking, maybe not sharing a swig from another person's bottle, but clearly, uh, uh alcohol consumption isn't going away. And Glassman makes a good point about something that I myself uh, am sort of addicted to, which is coffee. Uh, you know, I feel, oh, I didn't have my coffee. I, I can get by for a couple of days without it, but I definitely, yes, yes. And Kalman is showing you this coffee right here. So these are all things that that, that are addictive and, 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 and we don't have a negative uh, aspect to them. Um, so, so what do you so think let, about let that? Con- let me concede a little bit. I mean, the uh, I'm sure our listeners are aware that the major source that everyone points to when they talk about um, the prohibition of marijuana is to Rav Moshe's tshuva. And I know this is going to sound shocking to some people, but you're, you're one of the big Tamil Chachamim of, of, of our world. And so <laughs> you know this, and you can confirm this for me. So if yeah. Rabbi Kivalovich agrees, generally the world has sort of taken Rav Moshe's um, Sakim, all of his leniencies, his major, he was the Koach da Tera, right? He was the one who had the power to permit things to the point where even where Reb Moshe says, you know what, if you need Chal of Stam over here in emergency situations, well, like that's it. Reb Moshe said it's, 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 it's kosher. And so we're going to take it anywhere we want because Reb Moshe somehow was the power of, of, um, of, uh, of Hetera of being able to permit things that are in question. Generally speaking, Klal Yisrael, generally speaking, has not accepted Reb Moshe's chumras, his prohibition on Shabbos lights. Hey, you could sit here all day rolling up your sleeves on Shabbos. The world, I'm, I'm saying outside of the chumra of the week club, which is probably just as bad as the Kiddush club, 
uh, but the the outside of the chomer of the week of, and then you've got people who bishita, you know, briskers and whatever. They have their approach, and that's certainly as long as they're consistent. Um, you know, they they keep all the chomers. But generally speaking, the Jewish people have not, and I and I don't know why, for some reason, this one everyone's like, no, Ramosha says usher, and we just close the door. Well, and- uh, let me let me respond to that. And, you know, again, I, I, I'm happy for the buildup as a premier Talmud Chacham, but maybe more of a sociologist and a historian. And a, I, you know, you're trying to be humble, but th- this but area, I, but, okay, and this is okay, your... so right. But I look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a voracious reader, and I like definitely the scuttlebutt of who's following whom. And I, I think it, there is some value to what you're saying. Obviously, one of the reasons why Ramesha published the Igris Moshe was to indicate uh, the derech of how to be mekel and to teach other rabbonim who would read it that there is an approach of 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 of, of koach dehtera. And I think that Rav Moshe wonderfully succeeded in that. Now, despite all what he writes in his introductions, don't take this as psak. It's just what I said. You know, it became the exact opposite. Everybody, it became almost to the point that people followed him in a way that that that, that they were medayik every single little oistruk that Rav Moshe wrote, as opposed to seeing it as 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 an approach. So I think Rav Moshe himself is 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 responsible. Because what that's mostly why Rav Moshe published these chuvas, uh, was to to and, and and to indicate that America and the modern world, if you want to say that, uh, is able to align itself with Das Torah, and uh, Das Torah meaning the Das of Torah and the Loch of Torah. Now the Chumras of Rav Moshe, again, I I'm not a hundred percent in agreement with you. I think when Rav Moshe comes out to be Machmer, I think the belt is Makabel. I think. Uh, you know, do they disregard it? Are they completely? You know, I, I think people in generally don't look. Let me say it better. The Velt doesn't want to hear about the Chumras anyway. Everybody knows, right? Everybody knows about Kulas and, 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 and that's what they ride. It's only people who are steeped in Yiras Hashem, who really sit there over being over something. They're going to be the ones that are going to. Uh, right, the Hamoyin always knows about Kulas, so th- that's what I would say. What I would say about this tshuva, though, I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, it's not a typical psak from Ramesha, where Ramesha goes through the sugyas and and and, and develops them. He just says as a davar pashit that this is a drug that's going to lead uh, to terrible things, and you're being mashchus yourself by by using them. Um, I don't believe that this is a tshuva that he rolls up his sleeves, as you said before, and steeps himself in the sugya and develops the, the right? He, he almost... I, agree. I, I also, I want to I wanna ask you, because I've always considered this issue, which is that there are psakim for the times. And I think what marijuana meant in the 1970s is a little different than what it means in the 2020s. Because I, I think marijuana in the 1970s was seen as a symbol of throwing off the yoke. It wasn't seen as medicinal, even if they used that term. It wasn't seen as a way of uh, almost like an, an antidepressant, you know, despite of it, despite its uh, sort of uh, bringing down. But you know, but it wasn't seen in that way. It was seen as uh, I'm, I'm sure you could explain this better than I can. Um, you know, what but you were alive in a different Gilgal somewhere. 
Yes. <laughs> there was so, some there was some old hippie that maybe had your neshama then. I don't know. Yeah. But so, you don't so remember I, it. <laughs> I do think that there is such a concept of of the psak sort of being and the way he describes it, like it's it's it takes you away from focusing on the world. It 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 uh, it you know removes you from your disciplines in life. And I don't know if the world, if 50 years later, is is in the same place, you know, the same way. And I hate to use this comparison, but, you know, Ramosha has this chuva on, on music. And Ramosha says, really, we shouldn't be listening to music at all. This is, uh, we don't have a base on Mikdash. Right. But you know what? We're no longer listening to music in order to become joyous and throw. We're, we're just listening to music so that we can live and survive. In other words, you're not adding joy. You're trying to undo melancholy. So uh, it could be, and you'll tell me if you disagree, that uh, 50 years later, um, marijuana means something different. How? Okay, so if we take a look at this chuva, and again, as I my memory served me correctly, uh, that it, it's a very short chuva. Um, and he says that, uh, let's take a look. I'm going to, a free translation. chashish. <laughs> That's as it, it's happened that the Bachram and the Yeshiva have started to smoke this. Right? We have a mitzvah and uh, bringing marijuana into your system actually causes your body to 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 lose its strength and its health. There are people that uh, they seem to get along well it with. Like the, the first point he was making, that it hurts the body, really is for unhealthy people. This is what you quoted before, Kalman. And this, of course, is one that Rav Moshe was very big on this, especially for B'nai Torah. You know, and that's one of the reasons when Rav Moshe talks about the idea of Malam de Tinokos and other teachers um, uh, you know, not engaging in fasting like the post can say, uh, Rav Moshe says, even if they're Briam, they're not going to have the Das that they need. You need you need to have your mind focused as perfectly as possible to understand something really well. The way I understood the Rav Moshe, and you tell me if you, if you understood it differently, was that he was, he was not just, he was under the impression that the marijuana is going to corrupt your thought processes even when you're not using them. Is that not what he means? Because he doesn't mean that for that, I don't know, is it a, however long it lasts, an hour or two, he doesn't mean that for that time you're going to... Yeah, I think you're right, Kalman. I think he means that you're, you're even when you're not in the high, you're still you're, there's still a cloudiness in your mind that uh, stops you. Uh, because you're not really learning properly. And of course, it stops you from davening correctly and from doing mitzvahs because you're basically, because your brain is clouded. Now here, I'm not sure, Kalman. It's as if you haven't fulfilled them at all. line where he's talking about the tefillah and the mitzvahs, he means while you're high. Yeah. That's what I think. So yeah, it's possible if that's what it means, the line before might also mean that. Now, here's the part that is quoted, and I think Rabbi First and the others quoted this Loshon. Right? 
And this, of course, is what we know as the munchies, correct? Yeah, I think he's referring to, I think he's suggesting that the addictive nature of the, of the marijuana creates a, a desire for the marijuana. For more marijuana. For, which, which is more powerful than the desire to eat. It's ironic because I, I would think it's the other way, which is that the marijuana makes you eat more. Right? But, but he's, he's not saying that in this tshuva. Uh, at least I didn't understand it that way. Mm-hmm. Right? So even though marijuana is not technically addictive, but it is habit-forming, and, and uh, that can be uh, dangerous. Right, and he says here, this is what, what, what people remember, um, so they can't just subdue the desire that's welling within them, and they are sort of like taken over by this desire. And according to you, it's the desire for more marijuana. Um, that's the Isser of Ben Sora Morer. Um, that, um, that he's a Zolo Visove, which he says is it's not so much the food, it's the fact that you are in the grip of a desire that you want to eat, even though it's for eating Lachilas Kashrus. So, because. So now you can make an inference from this Reb Moshe that he's saying that essentially it's kosher, and I don't mean technically kosher, but that this is no different than overeating food, um, which is kosher, which means that there's nothing essentially wrong about it. And that's, that's surprising in itself. So to turn yourself into a person that um, feels uh, the clarion call of desire in such a strong way is also. And he right. says that, when the Ben Saramora is in that position, he has been over in Yisr. Because now you're even have a greater desire. Somehow Rav Moshe is talking about brain science here, although it's not clear that there's a greater element of desire in a person who is uh, becomes uh, involved in smoking marijuana or hashish, as he calls it, to someone who has this overwhelming need to have his meat and wine of the Ben Sora Mora. Oh, Jotzer. I would compare this to Ramosh's Chuva about smoking, where he says that, you know, if someone's smoking, Shomer Psayim Hashem, there's no prohibition. In other words, there's no instructions or command from the Torah that you have to quit. The prohibition is to start and get yourself into that place because it's the creation of the desire that's against the will of the Torah. Once you're already there, you're already there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the next That's line. what he means. Um, and then he says, Now, the words here, he's sort of like saying, when it comes to the Ben Morer, he does need to eat meat, right? Because protein is important. <laughs> but this, Ramosha is saying, this desire for marijuana, a person has no tzorech for at right. all. So you have a desire for something which doesn't even uh, respond to a bodily need that you have. Right. So then maybe, again, I would say, even though I'm not ready at all, and you can disagree if you want, but I'm not ready at all for us to try to promote, like this uh, rabbi you were quoting, to try to promote it as something to encourage. But it does seem like Ramosh is basing this, and again, on a 1973 perspective, that that there's no need. Now, would that have changed in the last fifty years? Could you yeah, say uh, that with the 
increase in depression of, of the 90s and the 2000s and way the world has gone and the places where people have gone. And maybe even the, um, the sadness and difficulties that have overcome the world with Corona, then would we still say that it's leka shum tzorich, there's no need at all. Yeah, I, I guess we should also mention that, you know, bringing in Ben Saramora, who has a desire as a zolel bisove, not only for the meat, which Rav Moshe says uh, uh, the human body needs for its protein, but also what he says, um, Tybus, it's also type, correct me if I'm wrong, but does Ben Saramara also has to drink wine? He wants wine as well, right? He wants Busser Viyayan. And of course, that is the, the mindset of, of, of the world up until very recently, I guess, in human history, that wine was an essential, uh, uh, something that needed to be imbibed. Uh, there was no, it wasn't food and drink. Drink by definition meant wine at that point because right. water, water, oh. was not, water wasn't safe. The Jewish approach, oh, I'm sorry, please go on. Yeah, water wasn't safe. And the idea of popular drinks, this was unheard of. So Rav Moshe is saying that the person has a desire for something that he needs, which is, but we would we would look at it and say, what, the guy wants to drink wine. He wants the buzz of the wine. The Ben Sarah Mora, would, what, what, the reason why he goes and, and, and steals from his father and, 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 and does all these terrible things in order to satisfy his desire it's not just because he likes the the broiled uh, uh, you know steak. <laughs> he wants to gulp it down with with the intoxicant. So there is this sense of wanting this intoxicant drink, um, which we go back to Glassman's argument. You know, is, is is marijuana worse than liquor? Worse than wine? Right. Well, um, wine or we have has the advantage that it actually has this positive aspect in the sense of it being part of the service in the Beis HaMikdash. It was, um, you know, Kiddush, Avdallah, and right? I would say to say that wine and, uh, and um, I mean, I guess you could say there it says smells as well, right? Um, make you wise. And who knows what it is that they're sniffing in that Gemara. But the, the, our sages always had a positive view of, but even there, even there, it's always within the ceremonial context. And I know in the days of the sages, they drank wine as, as they would water, um, as you pointed out, and we've replaced that with, uh, with Coca-Cola. But, but it still has never, um, we've never encouraged people to be drinkers. Uh, and it, it's never been seen as a, you go ahead and do it. Uh, we, we have it for Avelos and for you know, things like that. And even that we got rid of. Um, wine being the cup of the Avelum, because you know we're not so good, we're not so responsible to handle oh, these things. Yeah, to introduce marijuana and to try to give it a a, 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 a maybe in the neutral zone, uh, you know, there's still room, but to give it a positive quality is is uh, I think you're a little bit on on shaky ground. Uh, yeah, let's go back to Ramesh Chuba for a minute. Ramesh also says that. Um... That again, he says he's ready to. And this this takes this is the muscular chiddush of Rav Moshe, <laughs> that he's basically able to say that someone who gets himself involved in this habit is being over the iser of of ben Sora Mora, um, of and again whether it's so, however whatever the reason that ben Sora Mora gets makos. <laughs> that's what he says is that iser is what is surrounding a person who's involved in marijuana use. And he says, of course, he says, you're vade over alav ze. Now, you know, 
the love um, of, of Ben Sayer Meyer. Right. Uh, is, is he saying it's also the Raisa? It's hard that's to That's what remember. he says, yeah. The Ben Sayer that Chazal say, why do we kill the Ben Sayer And the Chazal says, because that we know what's going to happen. Now, I think there is something, Kalman, that um, is very much, I think Rav Moshe, if he would be here, would probably maybe edit that out of the, out of the tshuva. <laughs> the idea that, that marijuana use is going to lead to this wild juvenile delinquency behavior where you're going out to, to actually do whatever you can for a fix Right. right. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on this. I, I think for one reason, I think that if you look at the way, for example, the United States approached marijuana in the 1980s, that it was it was just pushed as say no to drugs, you know, the, the gateway drugs. And the idea that was being pushed was that if you are using marijuana, it's going to turn you into a criminal. And again, Ramosha would always consult with the experts of the time. And I would assume that that's the message that he was given was that marijuana is just your, if you use marijuana six months later, you're going to be using um, you know, one of the uh, harder drugs, or it'll turn you into a criminal where you're going to start robbing convenience stores. And that's why they pushed such heavy punishments for people who were caught even possessing, forget uh, you know driving under the influence. And so that may be a response to that. It's hard for the later generation to look back and see it as anything that's going to cause you to do, um, you know, it's not going to cause you, I mean, still, you've got the issues. You shouldn't be driving under the influence. I don't think anyone's ever suggested otherwise. But I I, I don't think that we currently see a a correlation between recreational use and crime. I would assume that maybe there would even be the opposite of effect. Uh, it might be a dep- it might be a depressant to the point that the guy right, is going to sink into their couches. Yeah, they're basically just going to go home and 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 get into a trip or whatever. Not a trip, but a, a situation. Right. But my point is that that was the sentiment of the time. That's yeah. The way yeah. It was- Here's another thing which I think is only applicable, and I don't know if this part of the tshuva is is quoted as often, but I think this is definitely only applicable for. Uh, the question was to children, to teenagers. The parents of the, the, the children that are engaged in this behavior are deeply pained by the discovery that their children are smoking pot. And of course, that is something which uh, I'm not sure about that. It could be that they're happy. It could be the, 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 those children are having, the, it's 50 years later. <laughs> they, right, they, right. Might be, they might be extremely yeah. happy. Kids in the 70s had parents who grew up in the 50s. That's right. This wasn't really much of an option, but the kids of the 90s and on had the parents from the 70s. Right? Who were so, smoking it. So they, the, the kids are probably happy. The parents yeah, are probably the happy. The parents would only be upset if they, if they wouldn't puff and pass. Right. Then he quotes uh, something which is thrown out a lot uh, in, in, in the Jewish world. And uh, you know, there's been shiurim on this on my platform and yours. Uh, the essay of Kedoshim Tiyu from the Ramban, that there's this idea of, of restricting yourself and not just taking advantage of everything that's allowed. Um, why do you need something that, that uh, right? Why eat or drink more? Why have sexual relations more than you need? So he says it's your over kedoshim to you, uh, which again, I think we could discuss. Um, and yeah. then he says, then he says, then he sort of says cryptically, 
גם הם גורמים לאיסורים הרבה אחרים לבד זה. Smoking hashish or marijuana leads to other worse averos, isurim harbe acherim. And here he's sort of being vague about it. Maybe that's what you mean in terms of harder drugs or a whole drug culture or a whole situation of... Right. Uh, Again, free... I, I think he's referring to the, to the hippie world of the yes. 70s. Yes. That these groups kind of turn into illicit uh, gatherings. And, right. And, right. So to, to call smoking marijuana isurim chamurim, like he does in the next line, uh, and saying we have to be mavr dis tuma, mikol b'nei Yisrael, we have to get rid of it, oveprat me'elu shalom dim b'yeshivas, um, the tshuva is really, I, I'm going to agree with you, it does have an, you know, it's sort of anachronistic to to connect it to today's society, um, especially since you know, um, no one is going out there campaigning that, you know, that the kiddish clubs have to be eliminated um, and other things, which we also can soften, you know, it, it, you know, soften a person's mental acuity, like Rav Moshe is so worried about. Um, right. If anything, those people, they miss davening, it ruins their Shabbos. You've seen those people who, you know, by the time they're finished with the kiddish club and then and then second Kiddush club, and third breakfast, and then the and then the Shul Kiddush, and then the Sudas Reb Chitka, and then they go to the early Minyan Kiddush, and the late Minyan Kiddush, by the time they get home, they're falling asleep till the end of Shabbos. It, it, I, I do think there are Rabbanim who have come out against Kiddush club, and there was a big movement, uh, movement for that, but you'll never see that same kind of extreme as they do. There's no zero tolerance. There isn't like that's that's uh, you know averus hamuras, and and we do find that in, in this case. And if anything, and again, I'm 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 still not ready and maybe uh, to 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 promote or encourage. I, I'm not ready to go there. But certainly, if you're going to quote kedoshim to you, kedoshim to you are that Ramban who says that you have to. And never at any point says that therefore you should go to the other extreme. He's talking about you should be balanced. He's talking about things that are permitted that you just can't take too far, which would suggest that the other side would be true, that there wouldn't be an extreme of that it should never, ever be used, but it shouldn't be something that a person is is indulgent about. Yeah, so so let's see if we really disagree. Because I think that's the this program is built on. And today, I think what we did was we learned up the Tshuva Ramosha together, which we neither of us had seen in a while. And that's definitely what Chavrusas is supposed to do. But we also uh, pride ourselves on being able to stake out positions that are different from each other and clearly different. So let me get from you what you feel, Kalman. Um, do you believe that we need now need to be more open and at least give marijuana whatever place uh, casual drinking has uh, and it shouldn't or, or super indulgence in coffee and other sort of stimulants yeah, so and drugs? The answer is yes and no, meaning that I do believe and I do believe that we don't need to go to the extreme and we can give it its place. However, I do think that because it's something new that people are not accustomed to and people are not comfortable with, there needs to be serious um, teaching about it. There needs to be um, there needs to be a support for people who are 
interested in delving, or people who are already in, into it, there needs to be, I, I, I know what the word is, maybe a, an advisory or some, some way of support of helping people and not because if all of a sudden this becomes permitted, we are going to go too far. So I, I would say that there should be room, but it needs to be done in a very strategic and a very practical way, but also in a very, um, I, I, I'm missing the word. Maybe you can help me out here. Okay. Yeah, it, just, it has to it, be done in a... Okay, Seichel is good. All right, so I'm going to disagree with you. So we do have a machlokas here. You know, I think that the cat's out of the bag already. I think that the amount of of, of, of students and children and maybe Benetayer and others um, who are involved in this has probably grown to an extent that if we don't do what Glassman says, we probably are going to um, um, open ourselves up to looking like, you know, the Amish again. Right. We're opening ourselves up. Again, it's so much part in the, the, the medical evidence, which has maybe been pushed by people who wanted it pushed, has so much uh, pushed the legislation that it's almost a, a given that this is a lot less deleterious than drinking. And as long as people understand that the scotch can be given out in moderation and the and the and the 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 advertisers can go into the Frumis magazines and advertise all their, um, you know, all their great, you know, uh, liqueurs and things like that. And, and nobody is, is, is saying, oh, there should be any advertisements for, for intoxicating drugs or anything like liquors. We should realize that, yeah, it's already, it's joined, it's part of society already. It's already been legalized. Unlike other things that have been legalized, that we need to say there is no way we're giving in. I think when it comes to marijuana, I think we have to loosen the bonds. It's already there. Uh, it's not just a medicinal use. And well, I think that I, I think if we don't own up to it, then what we're doing is we're making ourselves look like people that are uh, uh, trapped in a time warp. And I think, Kalman, if we say yes, well, well, we wring our hands and we say, we're going to allow it, but we're going to have a special board and you need, before you get it, you need to speak to your mashkiach and you need to speak to your madrich and you need to speak to your health professional. Nobody's going to tell the person that when it comes to... Right, yeah, I, and I, I'm not suggesting that. I, I'm not suggesting that there be that you get a, a, a marijuana license you know, within the from community and you show your badge. Uh, I, you know, and I don't want to say, you know, we've, ha- we've had these issues. We've had these issues with television, for example, where the Rabbanian came out and said, no, no, no hatter, no permission. It is us or it's going to... And the same thing with the internet. Now, with the internet, all of... Claudia's I know saying, what the internet is, but I'm not sure what television is. Right. You're talking about, you're talking about streaming... Uh, from the computer, oh, television. Oh, yeah, the, the, those any... old things that used to be in in the house, the 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 talking microwave. Uh-huh. It, it's the... who has those anymore? I see them when I used to be able to take my walks before my feet started bothering me. I would see them like beached whales. Everybody, if you take people, would just throw them out. Nobody has televisions anymore. But yeah, okay. Yeah, but but you're... when it came out, when it came out, these were things that the Rabbanim came out with a. And Kaiso just basically ignored them. And because of that, there was no, but, but we do have a culture for alcohol. I, I think that we've developed a system that kind of allows people to make good decisions. And I think that going to the extreme of just saying no, and then having people use it 
with, uh, you know, in shame and secret, like they did with the television and the internet, I think that's unhealthy. We're promoting um, this kind of misbehavior for the sake of protecting those who, I don't know, I, I don't know about that logic. But, but, but I think that if Rabbanim, in their shuls, they talk about it and talk about the concept of being responsible, of not, uh, you know, going to work while you are under the influence, of not uh, um, uh, doing it when you're with your family so that you're not present, certainly when a person's uh, going to learn Torah or to daven. There are things, these are ideas that should be given without needing to address anyone individually, but it should be open and discussed. And and it, what should be encouraged is that a person should make healthy decisions about these things and not just... You know, it shouldn't be your coping mechanism. It shouldn't be how you deal with life. It shouldn't be. And if we don't openly discuss it, it's not going to happen. I do think right. that. It but, 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 but I think it can maybe also lead to honesty about other things, which I think have already been part of the public forum, which is the desire to eat, how eating is a a a a. a a desire to give comfort when people don't feel that uh, satisfaction. Again, the obesity yeah, issue. There's all kinds of addictions. And, right. you know, and, 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 and again, I think that if it opens up a conversation about the whole scope of things that we do, but yet doesn't demonize marijuana, uh, smoking specifically. Let me I ask think... you a question then. How can, the, how can we approach the rabbis who have either put themselves in charge or have been placed in these positions, the people who are pretending to represent the community, how can they be reached to have an open discussion with them about this? Or are they just going to stick their heads in the sand and say it's us or and we don't recognize its existence within the community? Well, you're asking a good question. I think that, you know, we go back to the Havrusa um, program, one of our first years way back, I guess it was 20 years ago already, or 18 years ago, um, was that, I think 2003, so I think it was about 18 years ago, and we talked about the ban on the internet, and surprise, um, you know, the, the internet uh, is here with us, and you have the kosher internet, and you have the um, from streaming services, and the from uh, websites, and the from things, Right. So what basically what you have here is, um, uh, yes, they came out with those humrus, but eventually those humrus sort of people forgot about them. And now they they acclimated to the new reality, which, of course, is it's here, but you're going to have a filter or you're going to have your you're going to sign up to the to the to the to the from website, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's probably what's going to happen here it isn't going to be, oh, how dare you uh, retreat from your previous statements. People vote with their feet. And if, 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 if this is really the, like Glassman uh, is saying, the, the wave and the future is already here, I don't know. I, don't, I think the Rabbanim uh, aren't going to be afraid of saying, look, we wish we could have stopped it, but we obviously can't. Let's now attend to it the best we can, which is with instruction, with guidance. Yeah. How would you summarize your position on this, then, if I if I may ask? Okay, so I would say that look, obviously the need for any sort of um, outward stimulant is something which probably indicates some lack of satisfaction uh, within a person. But all of us really do 
in some ways, whether it's eating, coffee, uh, streaming, whatever it is that somehow gets us in some place that we can now manage things. And therefore, I would say that marijuana spoken, though it's something I've never done, should be included in those type of behaviors. Of course, it's Bittletower. Of course, there's better things. But considering the human condition and considering the way humans especially are today, if we talk about post-COVID or even beyond, this should be something that shouldn't be treated any different. Um, and uh, the same, and, and, and it has to stop being demonized. And I think what people need to realize is that this is a, uh, uh, and, and let, let people bring their proofs that cannabis has been part of our life, whether they're true or not. If those things can ease the acceptance, because I think our children and others are going to be using it. And if, they're go- if this is going to be a fault line between whether you're from or not, whether you're a part of the Torah world or not, we're going to lose people. The same way the internet can't be that fault line. I think I've made my position clear. And, uh, and I think you sort of are in my camp, but not as far right. left say, as the, I am. The main difference between us being that I feel that you couldn't treat it like alcohol and, and uh, the others simply because we've had enough time to establish relatively um, you know, general boundaries on those things. While this, because of the way it's been demonized, I think we need a more, a more uh, gentle and maybe strategic approach in how we introduce it or um, treat it within the community. Uh, it, it shouldn't be given the same status. And exactly those lines, I think I, I'm still open to discussion. All right. Well, that's it, my friends, for this week. Uh, If you do find yourself in a situation where perhaps things are getting to you and you're finding that you need some sort of outlet, um, before you uh, light up (laughs) or uncork the bottle, you know, try us, the Illinois Center of Jewish Studies, the Yeshiva of Newark. We got plenty of things that I think can get your mind in a place where you won't be so upset about things and maybe learn something as well. Whether or not cannabis can be found in the Torah, getting high can definitely be found in the Torah. Yes, well, Torah definitely it would be the best way in order to, as Chavrusas always know. Take care. He's Kalman Warch. I'm my Chavrusa of Avram Take care. We'll catch you hopefully next time. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.